Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. Have you ever been in a strange place, uh, sleeping over, and you wake up in the middle of the night, and you need to go to the loo or drink a bit of water, and uh, it's pitch dark, and you know, you have to find your way to where you need to go. Uh, I'm sure you've stubbed a toe or you've bumped something over. And uh, are you with me? Anyone experience that? Well, I have to tell you, a few years ago, Pastor Andre and I went down to Durban. I went to the sisters' ministry there, and he preached on the Sunday uh, services and uh, several years ago now, and we tried out a new hotel, which was more like a self-catering apartment, double-story thing, and it was way too much for the two of us. But anyway, we went upstairs to the bedroom, and in the middle of the night, I woke up and I needed to wee. That's what we call it in South Africa. I needed to wee uh, because I drink copious amounts of water. I don't know about you. Anyway, in order to be a Proverbs 31 woman and not to disturb the man of God who was resting, (laughs) I got out of the bed and it was like just a few steps to the bathroom, but it was so dark, I couldn't see. So I I went for a wall, which we saw the next day what that wall actually was. I went for the wall and I'm like, okay. And like suddenly the wall went around, like (laughs) the bathroom's there. And I'm like, I found myself near the stairs that quite dangerously would take me down. And then I thought, okay, let's take that back again. Let's go, no, 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 no. And then finally I just stepped out and stepped, stepped, and I was there. Now on my way back, same story. And eventually, someone woke up that shouldn't have woken up. And uh, maybe if you're with me, this is what he said. What are you doing? (laughs) And I said, I didn't want to disturb you. I needed the loo. It's a new place. I can't figure it out. Uh, It was very complicated. And he said, he said this to me. Maybe you can say it with me. Why did you not switch on the light? (laughs) I read another story about a pastor, true story. A pastor woke up one evening, and um, it was a full moon, so there was some light streaming into, into the house, but he heard this noise, and he went downstairs, only to find two thieves had broken into the house, pointing a gun at him. And he said, you know, what do you want? And, he, and they just kept quiet, because I think they were shocked that he appeared, and the gun was pointed at him, and he said, what do you want? Is it money? He said, turn on the light and I'll help you look for some. (laughs) Well, of course, pastors, you know. The title tonight is Turn on the Light. And there's my illustration. Just in case you wondered if it was load shedding or if we are saving some electricity because people aren't giving, no. That was my illustration. Well, you know, South Africans understand only too well the importance of turning the lights on, especially in these last couple of years, amen? And uh, we know that when the power goes off, we are stuck. 
You know, our businesses are stuck, our households are stuck. Not everyone can afford to have the means to have electricity all the time, while other poor people are struggling in the townships and, you know, just how are the roads during all of this? Or have people gone completely mental or something? I mean, the roads are chaotic, amen, uh, because the lights aren't working. Well, it is the same with us spiritually, amen? And, you know, in South Africa, the source is broken. We have a broken source, but you know what? In God, we have a perfect source. It is not broken. It works, amen? And, uh, you know, if we have no power of the Holy Spirit, um, we are ineffective, amen? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We need the Lord Jesus indwelling us. Uh, you know, otherwise we will be ineffective, very much like things are ineffective in our country at the moment due to load shedding and the power is not working all the time. You know, I, I was thinking today how important the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And uh, did you know that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, that he can depart from us. And I haven't got time, that will be another time that I speak on that, but just something uh, to bear in mind. And if we are spiritually in the dark, we are of no use to anybody. You know, and we mustn't be like load shedding. Sometimes the lights are on, sometimes the lights are off in our lives spiritually. We go to a social event and we have no light shining because we behave exactly the same as everybody else. We speak the same as them. We blend with them. So it's darkness. You become darkness with the darkness, and you're totally ineffective. You are not like a light shining, amen, so that people can see Jesus in you. I want to encourage you to always let the lights be on in your life, whether it's at home, whether it's at church, Forgive me, Lord Jesus, on the road today, my light was not shining for a moment. Whether it's at work, make sure, whether it's on a date, you go on a date, and he puts his hand here, and you go, excuse me, excuse me, am I right? Can I have a clap? Can I have a response? You know what, when we have our light shining, we are effective because that bloke might be nice, but he's taking a chance with a wrong girl. He's taking a chance with God's gorgeous girl. Amen. And God wants us to always have the light on because that's when we are effective. And that is also our responsibility. He's given us. He said, let your light so shine. Amen. And we will look at some of the verses. The first verse I want to look tonight is in Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2. So it's a prophetic, beautiful passage. And it says, arise my people, let your light shine for all the nations to see. It's a command actually, isn't it? For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. You know, you may not feel like the glory of the Lord is streaming from me or shining through me, but it tells me that it is if you are his people. Amen? Darkness as black as night shall cover all the peoples of the earth. 
but the glory of the Lord will shine from you. How beautiful is that passage? I encourage you to read the whole passage. It's beautiful. So my first thought this evening is light drives out darkness. Now, how many Christians are stumbling because they don't turn on the light? They don't have that connection to the source that gives light. Amen? We are blessed to have a lamp, which is the Word of God. We've said this so many times. You know, thy word, Psalm 119, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What is the path? The path of life, the path we're on, the spiritual path we're on, but just navigating this world, amen? There's a difference to us. We shine. We are not in darkness. So I want to also read from Psalm 119, verse 130. How does that sound? Psalm 190, verse 130. Sometimes it's Psalm 23, verse 2. But look at this, the longest psalm in the book, amen? It says, the entrance of your words give light. That's how important God's word is. It gives understanding to the simple. And I believe that we're all simple. I believe we've all blind, been blinded, and we all needed to see the light and understand, amen? You see... The light is truth, but many people don't like the truth. They don't like the light. They prefer darkness. John 3, verses 19 to 20 says, this is the verdict. Just bearing in mind what's being said here, we just read a few verses earlier, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen? Now we go down to verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who loves, um, sorry, everyone who does evil hates the light. Isn't that a strong thing to say? And will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. You know, we've been in the ministry for uh, exactly 40 years and we've been Christians for longer than that almost 50 years. Next, next year it will be 50 years. And in my experience, you can't force people to be what God wants them to be. You know, I've, I've tried with people, we've tried with people in many cities over the many years. You know, uh, if people don't want to read the, hear the truth or read the truth, you can't force it onto them. They sim you simply have to accept they don't want it. They want to stay away from the word. They want to close their ears and their eyes to the truth of God's word. Amen? And so it's just something that we need to pray about for those in our world who just behave like this. But it does tell us, here is the verdict. People prefer darkness over light. That is why we are referred to as a remnant. We are remnant. We're not the majority. You know, sometimes when it's conference and, you know, I had the youth conference, you, you, the place is packed and you think, wow, the whole world is here. But actually, no, we are a remnant. Amen. So, you know, the beautiful thing about light is it, it does destroy evil. It destroys darkness. And so years ago, for those who are my age and slightly younger, we used to have cameras with films. Anyone remember that? And so we used to take photographs and we had films 
they were called negatives, and you would take them to like Kodak or some photo photographic store, and you would hand your film in, and they'll, sometimes in the early days it was two weeks. You know, what do these kids know? They just take their iPhone, click, ha! Ah! <laughs> But the, the, the interesting thing about this illustration is this, that the, the photographer or the person working in the developing room would have to keep the room, it's called the dark room. They'd have to keep the windows block, blacked out, they had to keep the door closed, and dare anybody walk in to that room, they would destroy the pictures that are there. Well, to me, that's what light does. It comes in and it destroys pictures in our minds. You know, what happens is every single day we, we wake up and at some point we're going to take our phones, we're going to maybe look at News 24 as much as we try not to, uh, we may turn on the television, but on screens everywhere, there's negativity, there's murder, there's rape, there's all kinds of evil deeds that people do. And they become like pictures in our minds and pictures in our hearts, I mean. But you know what is the beautiful thing is? Light can ruin those pictures in our minds and can, it can lose its power. The power of darkness can lose over the power of light. And what is the power of light? The power of light is the word of God. Now, I read about this gentleman. It's probably something that can be shared at a men's meeting, but I thought I would share it because it's a true story. It, it's a story about a gentleman in a church who was addicted to pornography. And his wife found out and encouraged him to go and see their pastor. And he went to see his pastor, and his pastor was immensely helpful to him. And he, he was compassionate towards him and said, we, we will stand together about this thing. Come on, we've got to defeat this thing, this addiction over your life. And you know what he did, what his pastor did? He said, let's read these two verses together. That was the antidote for this addiction. Luke 11, 33 and 34, it says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp, is the, uh, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. So then the pastor told him that if he did his homework, he would be set free. And he had a prophetic like, message in his heart for this person. And he said, do this for two months. Every single day, read from the, from the book of Matthew to the book of Revelation 30 minutes every day, including Sundays. Don't miss it. Don't skip it. That's your antidote. So he did that for two months, and he got through the whole of the New Testament. His pastor said, don't go to the Old Testament to begin with. You are a believer. You've known the Lord for a long time. You've just allowed your light to go out. 
amen, and you've stopped being in the word of God, but you've been at church because your wife's there, your family's there, but his pastor helped him, and he did that. He did what his pastor told him. He read uh, for 30 minutes from the New Testament every single day for two months, and he finished the whole book of the New, the whole New Testament. So here's the thing. He then went back to his pastor and said, you know what, pastor, the other night, I took my wife to a chick flick because I wanted to bless her and be with her and show her that I'm with her. And I, I'm not doing that stuff anymore. But he said the weirdest thing is because of the washing of the water of God's word, when it came to quite a mild bed scene, when, I, when he said mild, he meant compared to what he had exposed his eyes to for years he said he got a righteous indignation rising up in him and he actually closed his eyes and felt, if I can just get out of this place right now, I would. But he stuck it out for his wife. But here's, here's the whole thing. The power of the light of the word in him had destroyed the evil like a dark room that had been opened up. Amen? So darkness is powerful, but light is much more powerful. Amen. Number two this evening, light helps find what is lost. Luke 15 verses 8 to 9, it says, suppose a woman has 10 coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and look for the coin carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, let's celebrate I found the coin that I lost. Well, this whole passage is about three lost things. A sheep, a coin, and a son. And, you know, the only way for lost people to be found is by turning on the light of the word. So, so Jesus was telling these, this parable and these stories because it related to people, even though one was a sheep and one was a coin. And... Um, you, you know, I love that the woman turned on the, the light, so to speak. She lit a lamp. But she, she also, like, turned her house upside down in order to, like, she put effort into this thing has to be found. Amen? And, and um, you know, the only way it could be found wasn't like feeling in the dark like I did when I was with Pastor Andre. It was turning on the light so that it could be found. And she lost a denarius which in those days were, was worth a day's wages. It was a silver coin, so it was, it was something of value. And it was important to her, and it was worth searching for. And the, the lost son, he had value. The sheep had value. And they referred to us, people, you know. And so the lost son, the lost son came to his senses, so to speak, as I was meditating about him, and I thought the part that he plays with the light and all of that, it says he came to his senses. What does that mean? It's like the light goes on, and he starts ministering to himself the word of God, and he says, I shall go to my father's house, and I shall say, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned against you. And so he's building himself up from the word and from the light of the word and goes back and reconciles to his father and is forgiven. Amen. So then notice that the, am I on the right page here? Yes, I am. Only I can tell if I'm on the right page. 
Okay. Notice that the woman vigorously, vigorously did her part. You know, this is what I'm trying to say. You know, things aren't just found. There's, there's some effort that needs to be put in, amen? And she did her part. As I said, she turned the house kind of upside down. Um, and the lamp, the light of the word will guide us to do what we need to do when we have lost something of value. Have, what have you lost? Have you lost something of value? You know, is it a wayward child who's a lost child? I don't mean lost in passing away. I mean lost to the world. They no longer come to church. And no, they say they no longer believe. They say they're atheists, all of that kind of stuff. Perhaps you lost a business. Perhaps you lost a special relationship. What is it that you have lost? And I believe the Word of God will help us with all these things that have been lost to know what to do to vigorously, like this woman, play our part. The first thought is the lost child. You know, a lost child who needs to come home. Um, and we need to remind ourselves, and I need to remind myself as well, and hold on to the fact that God never gives up the search. You see, we take it so, I didn't do enough. You know, I didn't pray long enough. Uh, I wasn't too, too much of a role model. I sometimes was miserable. And you start, you know, like playing the devil's game in your mind when actually God is the one who's actually seeking those who are lost. Amen. Hold on to his promises because Jesus came to seek those who are lost. Luke 19, 10 says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We're not the Holy Spirit. We are not Jesus, but we hold on to the promises of God. You know, train up a child in the way they should go and when they, when they are old, they will not depart from it. You hold, that is vigorously lighting up your mind. You know, that's what I have to do with my son. My son, Donovan, who lives in the UK, and he, I mean, he, he, he used to bring people to church. He used to lead people to the Lord. When he was five, he used to make handmade tracks, hand them out at school. We thought he was going to be running a church one day. Well, he has said that he doesn't believe and all of that stuff. And I have to, you know what I have to do like that woman? I have to sweep the negative thoughts out of my mind about his lostness and what might happen to him, the fact that he might spend eternity away from God. And I have to sweep those negative thoughts away, you know, and, and, and believe. Now, that scripture that I read to you from Luke 19.10, do you perhaps recognize that passage? It's actually the, the, the story of Zacchaeus. And, you know, I, for my son, I kind of stopped praying that God would send people to him and all of that stuff. I've, I started play, praying last year and the year before that he'll get a revelation. But you know, when I prepared this, I, I felt a rhema word in my heart for my son because like Zacchaeus, you see, Zacchaeus got a hunger. And so I'm starting to pray, Lord, give Donovan a hunger that he's willing to climb up a tree to see you, to encounter you. And, you know, I, I just, like, realized something that, you know what, God may just surprise me in the way that he's going to make a way for my son to see the light again. Amen? And I don't know about you. How do you feel? Pray for them to come to repentance. Pray for them to come to repentance and do what the father did. You know what the father of the prodigal did? 
because that's what lost children are. They're prodigal sons and daughters. You know what he did? He stood and expected to see his son. Is that what you're doing? Is that what I'm doing? Let's have an expectation that our lost children or brother or sister or whoever will return home. And when they do, be like the Father with compassion in your heart and with joy in your heart and run towards them. Now, Pastor Andre and I have an opportunity again this year to visit our son and his family. We did that last year. It was COVID. It was like Romeo and Juliet. They were at the top. We were at the bottom. Hi. Sorry, we can't come up and hug you because of COVID. They all had COVID. And we have an opportunity again this year. And my prayer is that we might have an, an opportunity for another conversation around this topic, except we won't be the ones to raise it. So let's believe for our sons and our daughters. I mean, let the light of God's word, thank you. Let the light of God's word just bring revelation to you about what you should be doing vigorously vigorously in prayer, vigorously sorting out negativity in your mind. Let the word and the light of God shine that in our spirits. What about a lost business or job? You know, a lost job or business is a humiliation, isn't it? What happened to your business? Oh no, it, we went bankrupt. Is that something you want to shot from the rooftop? It's, it's a humiliating thing. It's a worrying thing. It brings fear. It brings shame for some people. And so it's a terrible thing. But the verse that will light the lamp for you in this situation, I found in 1 Peter 5, verses 6 to 8, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you. Amen? Keep praying. Keep vigorously applying for jobs. Don't wait for something to come. This is not the secret. The power of attraction. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom. Amen? Keep seeking. Keep praying. Humble yourself. Start again. If you have to start from the bottom, God will exalt you. Amen? God will exalt you. Sweep away a proud heart. Well, do you know that I was the CEO of the da, da 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 Forget about titles. You have a title. Colossians 3 verse 12 says that he calls you his beloved. You and I all, no matter what we do, you could be a cleaning person. You could be the top banker. You could be the top surgeon. We all have one title at the foot of the cross. My beloved. My beloved, that is our title, amen? Nothing else really, really matters. Don't be too proud to take a low position. I found this anonymous quote, and I wanted to share it with you. It said, David did not submit a resume, but God told Samuel about him. May God mention you to someone who will take you to your next level. That's how our God works. You know, sometimes we have to just step out of the way and let God. Not like hint, drop names, put in a good word for me. Well, sometimes that does work. Put in a good word for us about buildings and about, you know, all kinds of things. But when it comes to 
a job that you have lost or a business and you want to start again, be prepared to start again. I, the young man that, um, that cuts my hair, he started from the bottom. He went as a junior when he's been a senior stylist for many years and he was willing to just sweep away the pride of his heart. God bless him and God has exalted him because he humbled himself. That is what God wants. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. Amen? Cast your cares. He's your provider. Jehovah Jireh. I mean, the bird of the, fe- the, bird, bird of the field. The birds have to worry to be fed. Amen? Because God will feed them. And if, if he will feed the birds, how much more will he take care of us, his children? Amen? All right. Thank you. Another scripture that's very important to Pastor Andre and I is Matthew 6, 33 and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, whatever they are, will be added and given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, as much as we need money, money will never be our greatest investment. You know what, what is our greatest investment? The kingdom of God. God and people. God and people. Amen. So your last thought before dying, someone once said, will, will not be money, but it will be God and people. Isn't that a, a thought? It will be God and people. So never stop seeking God's kingdom first. And if you put him first, I promise you, I guarantee you, you put God first, he will take care of you. You put his house first, he'll take care of your house. That's our story. Amen? Lost relationships. Okay, we're still on point two, right? Lost relationships. Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you, if he listens to you, you have won your brother over. There's more to this verse, but I haven't got time for it tonight. But let's look in general terms. There's a situation in a household. There's a situation in a marriage or in a church. The word is clear. Some dialogue needs to happen between the two. There's got to be some, something coming towards each other, thing, where let's talk about it. How, 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 how did that happen? Well, you were quite rude to me in front of a whole lot of people. You humiliated me. Oh, did I? Oh, I, I didn't mean to do that. And that's how it happens. And then you win someone over. But if it's like, no, I'm sorry. That's not what happened. You know, it's not, it's actually not, no. It's again the humility thing. Issues will be resolved if we want them to. Voltaire. Before I tell you the quote, is it up already? No, thank goodness. Voltaire is not a person that loved God nor the church. And I, there's, I mean, the very place where he is buried, what was the story? The very place, the house where he made this confession, according to him, that Christianity will not last beyond the whatever century, the very house that he made that confession the Bible Society moved in there eventually in the 19th century. So, that, so just so that you know, you don't go and you find out, sure, Pastor Fulman, she doesn't know who Voltaire, I know who he is, but evil people sometimes say 
things that make sense. And here's one of them. This is what he said. A long dispute means that both parties are wrong. You know why? There is only one person that's wrong, but if you're not willing to resolve, forgive and move on, you're both wrong, amen? How good is that? Romans 12 from verse 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, over, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You see, that is why we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Why? Because we do the opposite of what Netflix and everyone else make movies about. Revenge is mine. I'm going to sort them out. But the Lord says, no, it's his. And he's saying, love your enemies. Do good to those who mistreat you. I mean, that's how we overcome, right? Evil was good. We must learn to forgive people and move on. Not only does it set them free, but more importantly, it sets us free. Amen? When we forgive people. One, two more verses. 1 Peter 4.8 4, 8 says, Above all, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. In the church, love each other deeply. As annoyed as we can, and we can get annoyed with people, we are but flesh, amen? As far as it depends on us, live at peace. Above all else, love each other deeply. We need to f affirm one another. Romans 15:1 says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, this is not an excuse. I, I checked this out and I thought, I can't just read that verse and not qualify some things here. It's not an excuse for people to do whatever they want and be abusive. And then every time you must just, you know, like Pastor Andre said the other day about building bridges with your neighbor, if you go and visit your neighbor and say hi, and he slaps you in the face, you know, yeah, so you're not going to go back for that slap every time. That's, that's not bridge building. Then no wonder people are lonely. But actually, don't write people off. Do not write people. Give people time to grow. Don't write them off, amen? And then again, don't be so self-righteous that you have the plank in the eye ministry. Do you know what the plank in the eye ministry is? When you're trying to take the splinter out of your brother's eye or your sister's eye and you're whacking them with a telephone pole that's in your eye because you're so self-righteous and you don't believe you can do anything wrong. Listen, people have to be with us. So we need to be with one another. Number three, turn on the light and help the world. You know, when we shine, we become useful. You know, the woman who lit the lamp in Luke 15, that lamp was a useful tool in her hand to find the valuable thing that she lost, so much so that the neighborhood was to enjoy it with her and to celebrate, amen. So the lamp helped her to achieve the goal. When we are lit up, in God, we can also achieve our goals. 
by helping other people. Amen? God has given us the ability to shine in a very, very dark world uh, among lost people. People are so blind, they don't sometimes realize what they're saying. They don't realize what they're doing. But that's why we are here. We are here. Amen? To shine brightly. And as it even says in the word, we, we expose the darkness, right? So God has given us the ability to shine. You know, perhaps he will allow you to, to let your light shine uh, in a big influ influential way. Perhaps it will be your light shining in a smaller way. But make sure that your light shines. Amen. And it's important that we are useful and we help the world with the light that God has given us. We need to be light drawers. What do I mean by that? When we turn on the light, we attract moths. Especially in summer, right? The mozzies, the alas, they just come for the light. Well, you know what? The, the light of the church is the tool God uses to draw people. And, and you know what? It's important for us to be part of the local church and not be lone rangers. You can be a lone ranger and have an effect on other people, but actually it's not really God's plan. The plan is that we all together are brightly shining our light for the world to see Jesus. Amen? We are citizens of the kingdom, and we must act consistently with our identity. People are struggling with, struggling with identity. Well, I'm going to read you a verse that will help all of us to, to do exactly what God wants us to do. One of the ways we act consistently with our identity is to do what this next verse says. I quoted it before, and I'm quoting it again. Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. For you were once darkness. Now, people who believe in hyper grace, Lord Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. Jesus' name, amen. Now I can go out and just behave as I did before. For you were once darkness. But now... You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what is like this, this, this blows me away. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Not the people, the works of darkness. Not the people, not calling people out, not demeaning people, not breaking them down, not being like a religious nut person that's hurting instead of helping, amen? No, our deeds will expose the works of darkness, not the people of darkness. Um, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Speaking to Christians, wake up, sleeper. Come on. Amen. Come out of the darkness. You know, we are the hands and the feet and the heart of Jesus to this world. We have the power to illuminate the world with the truth of the love of God. Amen. And so when we turn on our light, we help others to see him and to see the truth. And you know what? God is counting on us. You know, in Hebrews 12, it speaks about there's a cloud of witnesses 
that are watching us as we run this race with perseverance. Well, I believe the cloud of witnesses, those are the prophets and the whoever that's been on this planet before us, we have, a, we have a cloud of witnesses that are saying, shine your light, amen, so that we're cheering you on. All heaven is cheering us on to shine our light so that the world may see Jesus, amen. And so let's keep our lights on one last verse this evening. Matthew 5, 13 to 16, it's from the Good News Translation. It is beautiful. Jesus is saying, you are like salt for the whole human race. But if salt loses its saltiness, there's no way to make it salty again. It has become worthless. So it is thrown out and people trample on it. Now, you are like light for the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, it is put on the lampstand where it gives light for everyone in the house. In the same way, your light must shine before people so that they will see the good things and do, you do and praise your Father in heaven. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry.